Welcome to Optimal Self, the art of becoming the best version of you. Join us as we talk with extraordinary people who are on the journey to living to their optimal self. We dive deep into their minds to learn what they do on a daily basis to create optimal results. They share their tools and insights so you can implement them into your own life to become the best version of you. Here's your host, Jeremy Herriter. All right, welcome back to Optimal Self Conversations, where we talk to incredible people who through adversity, grit, and persistence are forging the path to being the best version of themselves. And we are so lucky that they join us and give you some of the tools to do the same. I am honored today. This is a a guy that I got to spend some time with in Costa Rica at a mastermind. He was one of the presenters. And all joking aside, I told him in the beginning, the stuff he said was amazing. And so I, I went and tested it. And I've never had this done before, but it was spot on to a T. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce to you somebody that I call a friend, Xander Fryer. He is the founder of High Impact Coaching. And more than that, he's now a best-selling author, internationally renowned speaker, and host of his own podcast, Shit You Don't Learn in College, which is also the name of the book. He's been featured in Time, Forbes, TEDx, you name it. My man has been there. And you guys are in for a treat. I'm going to tell you right now, even if you're where you're listening to this, stop, click on your Instagram and go follow this dude because his shit is unbelievable and unstoppable. Xander, thanks for joining us, brother. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm glad that you consider me one of your incredible people. I like that. <laughs> dude. So let's give the, uh, you know, we we can talk accolades and, and, and all the things that, that you've done Let's give the audience the true test, man. Like you quit the job, right? You were depressed, all these things saying, all right, I got three months of reserves and I got to change my life, man. So what prompted that? And, you know, give us a little insight into where all that comes from. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. It's like, uh, you know, tell me, Xander, tell me the purpose of life. (laughs) So we'll go back a little bit. I was, you know, I was just like most millennials. I was kind of geared to believe, you know, this whole like go to college, get a degree, get a great job, pay, you know, get good, good money, have some experience, live a, live a safe life, all that sort of stuff. So I was really good at math in high school. And, uh, you know, that was pretty simple for me. Xander, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be an engineer. I'm good at math. I'm good at sciences. So I went to UCLA for electrical engineering. It was actually at, it was at UCLA that I actually had my first encounter with like purpose and like doing something fulfilling. And that was, I was actually, uh, to pay my way through college, I actually joined uh, Air Force ROTC. And so, you know, I was, I was going to be a leader in the military. I loved what I did. I was top of my class. I graduated field training with the top gun award. So, you know, very top of my class. I was actually going to, I was training to be a fighter pilot. And then my senior year, I got a DUI. So really dumb decision, got a DUI, got kicked out of Air Force. So I did what every lost 21 year old kid does, they take their degree and they go to wherever it pointed them towards, right? Which for me was uh, the tech world. So I, I joined Cisco Systems, had a great job, an amazing job out of college compared to like most people. I didn't, I didn't have like a dead end job. Uh, I had a really good job. I made, you know, by the time I left, I was making over $200,000 a year. I lived in Venice. I drove to be, I drove a BMW. I was flying around the country. My clients were like Disney, Facebook, NBC. Like it, it was not a dead end job by any means, but I really 
started to get clear that like, you know, I had what everybody was telling me was success. I was making the money. I had the title. I had the clients. I had the car. I had the lifestyle, but I didn't feel successful. I felt empty. And every raise in promotion, I'd get a, a sharp peak of joy. But then right afterwards, there was just this dull hunger for more. And, and I realized that like, this couldn't be it. So long story short, after uh, some deep self-development work and a conversation with a mentor, I quit my job cold turkey. No idea what I was doing. I remember calling my manager and just being like, Frank, I'm done. And he's like, this was, this was five years ago, almost exactly five years ago. So I call him. I was like, Frank, I'm done. And he just goes, who gave you an offer? Like, where are you going? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, nobody. Nobody gave me an offer. He's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and he just goes, well, what do you mean you don't know? And I was like, I don't know, but I know that it's not this. So I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing when I quit my job. I didn't have a direction. I didn't, you know, I didn't have a side hustle that I was working on. I didn't have anything. But the one thing that I was clear on was that the one resource that I could never get back was my time. Right. And I think that was a really big eye opener for me. One resource I can never get back is my time. And there's a quote from Jim Rohn. He says, every moment off purpose is a moment wasted. And I just realized, like, if I keep going down this path of going down, down this area that I know is not the right area, it's just going to get harder and harder for me to leave. Like, it, it doesn't get easier to leave that comfortable, stable life. So I just threw myself out of my comfort zone, quit cold turkey and said, I'm going to have to figure this out or die trying. So I did. I, I quit. And over the next three and a half, four months, I spent about $40,000 on my own personal development. So I hired mentors, I hired coaches, I hired different programs, masterminds. Like I put as much money into this thing as I could. And everybody's, everybody's always like, oh, but Xander, you made so much money at Cisco. Like you had this stockpile of cash waiting around for you so you could afford to buy all these things. I'm like, you guys, I'm a millennial. Like, what, you serious? You think I saved my money, Right. So like I had about three months worth of living expenses saved up and I spent all of it in the first 30 days. And then I started racking up credit card debt. And I was about, I was about three months away from not being able to make rent. Like I was, I was like that close to being out on the street when it all started to click. And so, you know, I, I launched a, basically a life coaching business was the essential of it, right? You know, millennial quits corporate job to start life coaching business, right? Not cliche at all. But the difference was I was willing to invest in myself to learn how to actually make money doing it. So I built a life coaching business. Uh, that first month that I actually made my uh, clients, that I made money, um, I actually brought in about 13K in clients. Uh, the next month I made 17K. Then it was 24K, 32K, 40K. And so my business started to grow rapidly from there. We had our first, uh, we had our first 100K month but within 12 months of me quitting my job. And obviously at that point, you know, I had a lot of other coaches reach out to me. They're like, hey, like life coaches, health coaches, career coaches. They all reached out to me. They're like, uh, you just did in like four months what I've been trying to do for five years. Like how the hell did you do it? So we actually started coaching other coaches and helping them start building their businesses. Because I, I truly believe that, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there and they're, they're service-born leaders. They want to get out there. They want to change the world. The problem is most of them have this expertise in an area whether it's life coaching or mindset or career or fitness, health and wellness, the big problem is to have a coaching business, you have to have two things. You have to have coaching expertise and business expertise. And most of them are never given the business expertise. So we started teaching them the business expertise and they all started to grow rapidly too. So now obviously we have you know my company, High Impact Coaching. I've got a team of like 17, I think right now. Um, we're a multi-million dollar business. Like you mentioned, got a TEDx, been featured all over things. We've got uh, you know, our, our top podcast coming out with our best-selling book now. 
But, you know, it really all started with me quitting my job with no idea what the hell I was doing, just a scared kid to just figure it out and go make it happen. Mm, well said. I want to touch on a couple things because I want to bring the listener back because it's it's very easy to get caught up in your current success. It's very easy to get caught up in that, especially, I mean, I appreciate it. You know, I've got to see it firsthand and it's easy to say that, but you said a couple things right there that are really important. And I hope the listener heard this. First of all, when you talked about your DUI, yeah, you said a choice that I made, I made that choice, right? It wasn't. And I think, and I want people to hear that because that's a moment that people listening to this are going to miss because they're going to know that, oh, yeah, he went to UCLA. Oh, yeah, he did this. Oh, yeah, he worked at Cisco. Oh, yeah, he had a quarter million dollars. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Okay, great. That is all of that is not by accident. Even your previous success, let alone what you have today. I'm talking about previous success. When I, I heard you say it, and I want people to understand, when you just described your DUI that took you off your current path, where I wanted to go and what yeah. I wanted to do. I had, I, had a, I had a 20 year future painted ahead of me. I made a terrible choice, right? I didn't, you're not blaming somebody else. It's not your parents' fault. It's not the guy you went out with that night's fault or whoever. You said flat out, I made yep. a choice. So I want everyone to hear that. That's number one. Because when they hear your success, they get fooled. They get fooled to thinking you, you're lucky. Yep. And ladies and gentlemen, there's no such thing as luck in this world. I don't care what anybody tells you. It is preparation meets opportunity. I'm not a luck guy. People look at me and they say that. And I go, oh, yeah, man, he's just really lucky. Fuck you. There's no so people. People would say that lotto winners are lucky, but there's a reason that 80% of them end up broke after five years, yeah. right? Because yeah. because they didn't, have the pre- they didn't have the preparation to stay millionaires, right? right? They may have gotten lucky, but five years later, they're back and broke again. That's right. And then the second thing you said was I invested in myself. Yeah. So one, you took responsibility. One of the things that we say at Optimal Self all the time is, and, and I teach, is that the moment, the moment, any human at any time, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter if you're 40, 50, 60, you could be 80 years old right now, whatever. You, or you could be the millennial and you could be 18 just coming, you know, stepping into your life. The moment, the moment you're willing to take responsibility for everything in your life, you unlock your potential to have anything in your life. So you taking responsibility for that is the trajectory that you're still on today. And the second thing is now I've invested in myself. Yeah, I knew most people would have looked at that and and you deal with this a lot. We deal with this a lot in in our businesses is that people ask me this question, how much is it going to cost? And and I I, I can't even answer that question because it doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Are you willing to invest in yourself? Are you willing yeah. to invest in your future? And when you are describing all the things that have led you to this moment, right? Is that I was willing to invest in myself, whatever it was going to, again, here's the word cost. I knew that there wasn't a cost. Oh yeah. It was an investment. It was an investment because you know that there's going to be a return from it. Right. So Absolutely, brother through all of this, right? Here you are. I only got three months of expenses left, right? My, my trajectory is now somewhere else because I made a choice a few years prior that cost me whatever that was, but yet here I am and I have the guts or I have the gall or I have the grit or I have the persistence, the same thing I said in the open to invest in myself. Where does that come from? How do you do that? 
That's a great question. To be honest, it comes from, and, and, you know, you and I were kind of talking about this a little bit. It comes from our core beliefs, Mm -hmm. right? So what most people don't realize is that, do you actually, I may have, I may have mentioned this in my presentation in Costa Rica. Do you, do you know, Jeremy, what percent of your brain is your subconscious mind? Uh, I believe it's pretty high. It's 95%. (laughs) Okay. So just to give you an idea, right? Like only 5% of what you think is conscious thinking you is actually the conscious. You're only 5% of a person. I hate to break it to you, right? The rest of you is supercomputer that is programmable. It's programmable by society. It's programmable by media. It's programmable by your parents growing up, by your teachers when you're going through school, by the people around you, by the environments around you right? That all of this is what's programming our brain, right? That subconscious animalistic part of our brain. It's like a computer, right? Now, one of the biggest things that most people don't realize, and and we talk heavily about this in the book, is you were never taught how to program your brain, right? Actually, let's put it this way. I'm assuming you've got a TV at home or a toaster oven or something, something electronic that you were given a user's manual to, to learn how to use this thing. It, it, like my remote control came with a user's manual when I got my new TV, right? Were you ever given a user's manual for your brain? No way. No way. Absolutely not. The space between your ears is the most powerful equipment, the most powerful tool you have to be successful. We've heard it all the time. We've like it, we hear it from every self-development guru. We hear it from every sports athlete, you know, success is a professional, you know, like Michael Jordan talks about success as an, you know, in the NBA was, you know, 30% physical and 70% mental and, you know, 10% physical and 90% mental. There were people that could out physique Michael Jordan, but what made Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan was his head. It was the space between his ears. Nobody could match that. Right. So when we talk about this, like true success really comes down to how well you can master that tool in your head, your brain. And so we actually spend a quarter of the book just teaching you about your brain, how to program the subconscious, how to unprogram negative beliefs and, and reprogram positive beliefs, how to understand your emotions, right? So we all have two emotion, we all we all have two operating systems, an intellectual operating system and an emotional operating system. So your intellectual operating system, everybody's pretty familiar with that, right? Our world runs on intellect, right? It runs on logic. Well, how do you make most of your decisions, right? Like, Jeremy, why'd you invite me to this show? Was it logical or was it because you liked me, right? I'm hoping it's because you liked me. But if it's not, just pretend and play along with the joke. Yeah, it, it um, it, it's, because, it's because you liked me, right? That's an emotion, when I proposed to Maddie, my now wife, was it because it was a logical fit? No, it's because I fucking love that woman, right? That's emotion. Our world actually makes decisions on emotions, yet we think that we have to run our entire lives based on logic. And we wonder why the high majority of us are stressed, anxious, unfulfilled, unhappy, not doing the things that we want to do. Like It's because we don't realize there's, we, we basically disconnected from half of our operating system. We're never taught how to do these things. So you need to start to realize that your beliefs, your subconscious programming, you just talked about ownership, right? So anybody listening to this right now, if you've listened to Jeremy at all, like I'm sure you know that you have some shit that you need to work through, right? We all know that, right? Well, the simple fact that you're conscious enough to know that, just like we talked about now means you got to take ownership of that. 
you no longer have an excuse for having a belief that doesn't serve you or a, a, a mindset issue or a, a limiting belief or a fear that's preventing you from where you want to go. Because I'm telling you right now that we can reprogram our subconscious. We can unprogram our fears. We can unprogram our beliefs. We can unprogram whatever you were before. You can make a decision today that tomorrow or even today you're going to start to be different and you can start to work on it. Right. So we like the big thing that I tell people is you can you can start to reprogram this 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 brain we have, these beliefs we have. But if you were to go back and you were to understand the decisions that I made to get to this point, everything, absolutely everything comes from the fact that I had the right mindset. I wasn't just born with that mindset. I had built that mindset. I had cultivated that mindset. This is a, a little bit of a personal question, Jeremy. Do you consider me stupid? No. Okay. Not at all. When I was in second grade, I took an aptitude slash IQ test, and I basically got like the lowest lowest ten percent in second grade. I was the stupid kid in second grade, right? You just you just talked about my accolades being an engineer at UCLA, getting into Cisco Systems, Air Force ROTC, you know, multi million dollar business. You heard all those things. In second grade, I was the dumb kid. I wasn't going to pass. And I remember, I remember my parents. <laughs> my parents are amazing parents. I had a great upbringing. Right, my parents are amazing parents, and I, when we found out that I was the slow kid, my mom goes, "Oh, it's okay. He's cute. He'll make it in life. Fine. We don't have to worry about him." Right? Which, like, ugh, love my mom, love mama so much, but God damn, that's not helpful. I remember having a conversation with my second grade teacher, Mrs. Linda Lagrange, and she passed away actually, you know, five years afterwards from breast cancer. But I still remember this conversation with her. She said, "Xander, do you want to be smart?" And I said, "Yes." And she said, well, you're going to have to work really hard at it. She implanted in my mind as a seven-year-old kid that I could grow. I could become intelligence. Intelligence was not fixed. It was not something I that was God-given. It was something that was earned. It was learned and developed, just like everything else in life. So if anybody's ever read the book Mindset by Carol Dweck, this is literally the epitome of the growth mindset that was implanted in my brain as a seven-year-old kid. Now, second grade, I worked my ass off. And I passed. And then I passed third grade and fourth and fifth and sixth. By the time I got to middle school, I was taking math at the high school. By the time I got to high school, I was taking math at the local college. By the time I had finished high school, I had finished all of my, my um, physics and math for my entire engineering degree at UCLA already. That's from the slow and dumb kid in second grade. So the reason that I'm telling everybody this is just to really implant this idea that it doesn't matter who you are today. You can become more. You just have to take ownership, just like we were just talking about, and commit to doing the work, to building the muscle, the mental muscle, the emotional muscle, whatever it might be. Man, I, I literally just did a solo podcast on the single most important belief that the human needs. And it's just simply the belief that you can learn. Yeah, that's it. That's actually, we found three beliefs. I've, I've now interviewed over formally and informally over a thousand different successful entrepreneurs. And we found three beliefs that every single one of them had. Most of them had all three. Some of them only had two, but every single one of them had at least two of these three beliefs. The first one you've already mentioned, I am 100% accountable and 100% the owner of my life and my results. Now, I know that a lot of people are always like, well, you know, we can't, I can't own everything. What if I got hit by a car tomorrow? That's not my responsibility, right? Well, it's like, there's going to be certain things. Well, first of all, you should have checked both ways. Like, don't, don't be an idiot. So that is a little bit, but 
there's going to be things that are out of your control. But as soon as you start to go, well, I'm 80% responsible for my life, then when something goes wrong, well, does it fall in the 80 that you're responsible or the 20% that you're not? No, you always push it into the 20%. So regardless of whether or not you're actually 100% responsible for everything in your life, pretend that you are. And if you pretend that you are 100% responsible for everything in your life, you start to become the victor and less the victim. So that's the first one. Second one is exactly what you just said. And it's essentially that, so the way that I put it is a little bit, it's a little bit harsh. So essentially it is this idea that we can grow, we can develop and we can become better. The way that I put it for people, what I've actually realized it is, it's actually a belief that we're not good enough. And I want to clarify that, right? Jeremy, you're not good enough. I'm not good enough. Anybody listening to this podcast right now is not good enough yet. 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 That's the key distinguishing factor here. I just did a a podcast with Bedros Koulian. He runs a nine-figure business. He's, you know, one of the most successful entrepreneurs that I know. And I I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, you know, I I was just having this conversation with Andy Frisella and, you know, both of us always feel like we're not good enough. It doesn't mean that we're not, it doesn't mean that we're not worthy. It doesn't mean that we're not great people. It doesn't mean that I'm not self-confident. Like I know that I'm worthy of an eight figure and a nine figure business. I know that I'm worthy of love. I know that I'm worthy of purpose, but I also know that I'm not where I need to be yet. Right? Because if I were, I would already have all the shit that I want. If I were, I would have the life. I would have, you know, you would, you would have the relationship you want. You would have the business that you want. You would have the health and wellness you want. You would have biceps the size of Jeremy's, which none of us will ever have, right? But the fact is we are not good enough yet. And so that's the second belief is basically it is the core of the growth mindset, really understanding that like we, we have more room to grow, right? And then the third one, because I think this is just fair to share, we haven't actually talked about yet. I call this the Jim Carrey principle. Uh, It's have a little faith, right? Now, Jim Carrey says, you know, take a chance on faith, not religion, but faith, not hope, but faith, right? We're not talking that you have to pick a specific religion and go after a specific dogma, but I have found that every successful person has some form of faith in a higher power. Maybe it is a religion. Maybe it is God. Maybe it is Mother Earth. Maybe it's universe juice. Maybe it's aliens that understand seven dimensions. Maybe you're like me and you watch too many Disney movies growing up and you just know that everything good wins in the end. It doesn't matter, right? I truly believe that this world is just one big Disney movie for me, right? I am the hero. I am Moana, I am you know, whatever, like I am the person in this Disney movie and I have to go through my trials and tribulations to come out the other side, the person I was meant to be, right? And so that's the third one is every, every successful person I've ever talked to, for you to do anything worthwhile in life, you have to be a little irrational, right? You have to do something a little bit different than what social logic tells you. And in order to do that, you have to, you have to be a little bit crazy and have a little bit of faith that whatever you're doing is gonna turn out well in the end. Right. So those those are really the three biggest beliefs that we found for success across all different industries, whether it's professional sports, musicianship, entrepreneurship, anything like that. Hey, listeners, it's Jeremy. Just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. And I wanted to take a quick break from the episode and remind you that at www.optimalself.today, you can gain access to our free Did I say it? Free identity creator course, plus right now two bonus downloads that will forever change the way you go to bed and wake up in the morning. Did I mention that this is all free? It is. 
for a limited time. Thank you guys again for listening. And again, the website is www.optimalself.today. Now let's get right back to the episode. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you, you've said a couple words in there, and I, and I hope people take notice again, is we all believe that. I've said this a million times. I've been a guest on now close to 100 shows, and it's always cool, just like I did for you, right? They're going to read your accolades. They're going to go like, Jeremy, and he played for the Cincinnati Reds, and he was an all-Pac-10 player at Gonzaga University. He went on to the CrossFit Games and won an event in there where he was the champion, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right? And everybody wants to know how, what, oh man, how do you, that drop, whatever. And I tell everybody, and I say, listen, here's what I want you to know. That guy that you saw, that guy that was, I mean, I have a, in my man cave, in my gym, I have a huge picture of me standing on that box, world, you know, flexed all, you know, I just, yeah, yeah, big, you know, (laughs) it was wonderful. Don't get me wrong. I mean, when you, when you put that kind of time, energy into something and you get to stand there, it's a fucking great feeling for about three seconds, right? And then it's like, oh shit, what's next? But what I want yeah. people to know, and to go back to what you just said, Xander, is that guy in my life today would get his ass kicked. He's not close to good enough. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah. Like, and, and again, and, I, and you were the world champion at that moment, right? I'm yep. like, that guy's not good enough. And, and anybody who thinks... And I want people to get out of this and, and, and I'd like for you to talk, because again, we can talk, you know, you and I getting together. I mean, your accolades far are just incredible, but, but people get to see these things. And I want people to understand this. And I'd like for you to speak a little bit even more from your perspective is that no matter what that past is, it could be the greatest thing ever. You could be a world champion. You could have, you know, you could have started a business from scratch and turned it into a nine figure business, all these cool things, right? And that doesn't matter. <laughs> Tomorrow doesn't give a shit that yeah. you do that. Tomorrow yep. doesn't fucking care. And the same thing goes, no offense, but if you had some traumatic and you and you grew up shit, you know what I mean? Like, and and again, most people have had something in their life that was traumatic, that was terrible, that, you know, whatever, from abuse to, to losing loved ones at a young age, all these things. I'll tell you guys right now, and just to kind of hit on this, because we have worked with hundreds of nearly a thousand different coaches right now. And I will tell you that every single person has trauma. Every single person we've ever worked with. And it was mind blowing the more that we started to work with people and learn what their different traumas were, right? We've never worked with somebody that has not had a single trauma, mm-hmm. right? So it's not most of us. It's actually every single one of us. You know, some of us, it may be what socially, like we would call severe trauma. It's, you know, it's murder, rape, sexual abuse, you know, things like that, losing a loved one at a young age. Like there's, there's a lot of this stuff that happens. Some of you guys, you need to understand that emotionally trauma, maybe you haven't been through anything that you would compare to somebody else's trauma, but when you go through it as a kid, right, it's actually traumatic. So just to give you guys a, an, an idea, I actually, when I was five years old, I do a lot of this deep psychosomatic work. We've worked with a lot of people with PTSD and suicidal tendencies and things like that. So I do a lot of the work on myself as well. And one time when we were, I was doing a session, I went back to when I was five years old and I got an argument with my mom and I basically ran off and I locked myself in the door, in the bathroom and I slammed the door and the handle broke, right? Now, you know, 33 year old Xander thinks that's hilarious, right? Cause it's like, how oh, an idiot little kid, right? But when I was five years old, I remember closing that, that door slamming and the handle broken, breaking. I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to run out of air and I thought I was going to die. It was actually a traumatic situation for me, right? Because when you're a five-year-old kid, you don't know the difference, 
right? So I, you know, I just wanted to point that out that every single one of us has been through those traumas, right? Right. And regardless of either the trauma or the success, moving forward, the past does not define you. We are the only animals in the animal kingdom that can tomorrow say we're different, right? Like a dog will wake up a dog tomorrow. A giraffe will wake up a giraffe tomorrow. Xander can go to bed a nine to five corporate monkey and the next morning wake up a soon to be seven figure entrepreneur. Nobody else can do that. Yes. Very good point. And the other side of all those things is going back to those, those three beliefs or those three findings that you've had with the the success, the, the people that have had success is that they understand they're not good enough yet, but I do have the ability to learn. I will be accountable from this moment forward for every one of my successes or failures. And I don't know necessarily how to get there. So yeah. I got to have a little fucking faith. You got it. You got, you got to go for it and have a little faith. Yeah. You gotta, okay. But here's, here's two words that I think people get confused with at times. You said them and I use them all the time and it's worthy and capable And those two things now, right? You don't deserve success. You got to put in the work. You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the reps. It's not coming. There is no, there are no shortcuts. I know yeah. there's going to be plenty of, you're going to be watching this right now. And if you're on YouTube, you know, there's They're going to stop and they're going to run ads at you. And it's going to tell you the next fucking hack, right? It's going to tell you the next secret to get three, this. three steps to, to seven figures in the next six months. Yeah. yeah, we got it, dude. I got it. It's the secret. Yeah. Get my worksheet. It's going to work. Right. <laughs> like, The thing is, is no, the one thing you do have to understand though, is you are capable and you are worthy regardless. And the deserving part comes when you put in the reps. Yeah. So if you're willing to put in the reps, you can have whatever you want, man. And and be responsible for the outcomes. You can have anything you want. Right. Yeah. I, I love that, man. And one of the other things you said is, you, you, you know, the Carol Dweck and mindset and, and all those things. And I feel like mindset is such a, a cliched word in our world today, but it's very true. And it even, I, I mean, the two words that I got, and I use the word belief more than I use mindset today, because I need you to believe, I need to change the belief. And, and you said it earlier, because a lot of the beliefs that we have today are not ours. We've yeah. adopted them from whatever that is, our, our you know, or misses whatever the third grade teacher or second grade teacher yep. which in this case was a great adoption because it was the belief that well, what if yeah, what that. if I had adopted my mom's belief of that I'm forever going to be dumb and hey, I'll just I'm have good. to rely on my looks right I'm cute, I'm cute. I got this yeah right <laughs> right um, but again it's like you said ninety five percent is the subconscious how much of that are beliefs that we've adopted they're not even ours. It's not even my goal. It's not even my ambition. Well, so here's here, here's the deal, right? Like, if you have not been aware of this, which most people have not until I just mentioned it, right? Because none of you were given that user's manual for your brain, right? So if if you are not aware of this, then the reality, you, you just asked, what percent of those beliefs are not ours? All of them. All of them. None of them are ours. None of them you have actually chosen to create the beliefs that you want that cultivate the success that you have in your future, right? So, you know, the thing thing that I always tell people 
let's say you you have this big goal that you want to accomplish, whether it's being the champion champion of the CrossFit Games or whether it's getting into the professional sports, whatever league it might be, or it's building a seven-figure or eight-figure business, right? Whatever it might be, you have this goal, right? Now, imagine you have five thoroughbred, like, veiny-ass horses, right? These are... The, and you're attached to this chariot with these five thoroughbred, like, beasts, Right? And you're like, oh, this goal is going down. You're going to start charging towards your goal, right? These five thoroughbreds are chained to 95 donkeys. <laughs> and those 95 donkeys have been trained to walk the other direction. Are the five horses ever going to get there? <laughs> no. The 95 donkeys don't even have to be running. They could just be sitting down, right? Because most of us, our subconscious is programmed to be comfortable. It's programmed to stay exactly where we are right now. This is actually evolutionary programming, which I can get into if we really want to. It's also some fun shit. But so we're programmed to stay exactly where we are. It evolutionarily would keep us alive. Real quickly, your brain, I'm not sure if you knew this, but your brain takes up 2% of your body weight, but it takes up 20% of the energy consumed by your body. So because of this, our brain developed a very unique mechanism to keep us alive and not burn too much energy. It's called laziness. You are actually evolutionarily programmed to Netflix and chill. Because if your brain used too much energy as evolutionary man, we would need to consume 20 times the amount of food that we eat right now, right? So we're programmed evolutionarily to be lazy and not do anything and be right where we are, right? So that night, those 95 donkeys want to stay sitting there. So if you don't learn how to unprogram these 95 donkeys and get them all moving in the right direction, the, those are the beliefs you're talking about. None of them have been programmed by you. So we have to take ownership of that and start doing the programming. That's where, like you, you said this a few times, that's where the unlearning and the reprogramming has to happen, right? Yeah. That's literally when we work with clients, like when we came out to Costa Rica, I ran through a bunch of tactical shit with you. Right. Yep. And it's like those, those systems work. Like we've, we've built six figure, multiple, multiple six figure, seven figure businesses for hundreds and hundreds of coaches, right? The systems work, but how come, and you know, in your business even, right? Like let's talk real estate, right? Like if you could give the exact same systems to John A and John B but John A has one set of beliefs and John B has another set of beliefs, exact same systems, exact same tactics, exact same support. One of them will blow it out of the, blow it out of the water and the other one will lag ass, right? Why? It's, it's, be, it's because of that subconscious programming. It all comes back to that. So like when we work with coaches, we spend the first two to three weeks unprogramming and reprogramming new shit because otherwise they'd never be successful. So the listener, right? They've been following along. They're listening. They're probably cracking up, right? Two dudes talking. How do we help these people? Again, I know we're going to get to the book, and, and those of you guys that are that are following along and watching, you know, the shit you don't learn in college. And you and I pre-show, we're talking about some of the things that that are in there. So, so what is something that somebody could take home right now? They 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 put thirty six minutes in with you and I right here. What, yeah. what is something that they could go? All right take this home with you, start here, do, you know. So when it comes to really starting to reprogram your brain, one of the first exercises that I give, I call it the belief breaker eight. It's a really simple set of questions. So I can, you mind if I give that to everybody right now? Is that helpful? Please. I love it. So, I love so it. basically this is an exercise. This is an exercise that I went through every single week when I was first starting my business, right? So actually I'm going to give, I'm going to give two exercises. One of the exercises one of the first exercises was the belief breaker eight. And the other one is something I call fear journaling. So 
first, let's kind of accept the fact that every single one of us has been programmed by crap. Like we, we have not been programmed by the things that will actually help us achieve our goals. And it's our responsibility to start to create beliefs that will actually serve us. Some people might be like, but Xander, like some of my beliefs that don't serve me are true. Well, I'm going to sit here and tell you, no, they're not. Not a single belief. This might be a little bit alarming to some people. Not a single belief that you have is objective truth. What? Right? Like, think about it, right? Like, for all we know, we could be living, like, Elon Musk might be right, and we're all living in a virtual reality world, and none of our beliefs are true, right? So for all we know, every single belief could be invalid. Are beliefs true? Have you ever had a belief that wasn't true? Of course you have. Every single one of us has had a belief that turned out not to be true. At one point, every single person on the face of the earth thought the earth was flat. Did that make it true? No, not at all. Not in the slightest. Right. So the first thing that I want everybody to realize is if you have a belief that is not serving you, you can change it because your beliefs are your choice. Like I talked about, I choose to believe that in the end, good defeats evil. Now, am I 100% certain about that? No. Right. I, like, I'm not God. I'm not Mother Earth or the universe or an alien with seven dimensions of intelligence. Right. Like, I'm not that person. So am I 100% confident about that? No right? But I have noticed that that belief serves me to being a happier person, being more successful, serving more people, building better relationships. That belief serves me. So I'm going to attach to that belief and I'm going to cultivate that belief in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the first thing that I want everybody to understand is your beliefs. No, none of your beliefs are objective truth. So if they're all lies that we just tell ourselves, why don't we choose to tell ourselves the lies that will actually serve us, right? So the, that's kind of the first step. So when it comes to these beliefs, there's two ways that you program your subconscious mind. Number one is repetition. Number two is emotion, right? So we're all familiar with, you know, when you were a kid and you were told no over and over and over again, you know, or that money doesn't grow on trees. Well, now you have money mindset issues. Or if you're told no over and over and over again, it's going to result in two things, or one of two things. Either you just fear rejection or you got told that so many times that you it, it lights you up so much that you have to prove yourself and you become this multimillionaire because you got rejected so much, right? Neither one of those are actually really healthy. They're both coming from a place of fear and negativity. But so repetition and emotion are what program your subconscious mind. Emotionally, I always ask people like, Jamie, do you remember where you were when you found out about 9-11? I do. Right? T tell me where you were. How'd you find out? Uh, I was stepping out of the shower and my TV in my bedroom was on. Yeah. And I stepped out of the shower and it was on. They were replaying the second plane hitting the Twin Tower. Yeah. Damn. And that's when I saw it and I watched it over and over. I sat there in my towel for Gee. hours. Now everybody has this image of you in your towel, which is not, which is not what we're really going for here, but it, it helps. It helps the story. <laughs> so, but like you were not, you were not just thinking about 9-11, but that situation was so emotional that you will never forget those details, right? So this is subconscious programming. It's deeply emotional or it's repeated over and over again, or it's both. And that's how we create these programs, right? So that's why, that's why when we have a traumatic experience, like we were talking about, it's deeply emotional and it creates this rut in our brain, this, this deep programming that we need to work on releasing. So I'm going to give you one exercise to release those ruts, and then I'm going to give you one exercise to replace them with better beliefs, okay? And we're going to use the combination of emotion and repetition 
to kind of go through this. And I'm actually going to walk you through it using my story. So when I first launched my business, like I mentioned, got the business up and running 13K that first month, and it was 17 and 24, 32, 40. And that month that I got 40, my best friend killed himself. My best friend since I was in middle in, in elementary school, like eight years old, nine years old, took his own life. Now, I had worked with people with PTSD, suicidal tendencies, depression, and I had helped them out of it, but I couldn't help AJ. That created an incredibly deep groove in my brain. I created a belief that I was a fraud, that I couldn't help anybody, that if people worked with me, they could die, right? Now, logically, I knew none of this was true, but when you go through something like that, you can't help but have that emotion just deeply, deeply attach. So the first exercise that I did every single morning, and I want everybody to, I want everybody to listen to this. I'm assuming there's a lot of you know, big, strong guys that listen to this podcast, hopefully a lot of women as well, because this is for everybody. But men specifically, I want to speak to you because we are not taught to feel our emotions. We are not taught to move through our, our, our crap, right? And the word emotion, emote, from Latin to eject, Emotions are meant to move through us. And if we do not move through them, right? Let's say, let's say when I lost AJ, right? When I lost AJ, I felt heartbroken. I felt resentful. I felt resentful of my best friend for killing himself and taking him away from me and his family. I hated a guy. I literally hated a guy who felt so tortured that he had to kill himself. So then I felt guilty for hating my best friend. And then I felt ashamed because I was a coach and I, I was terrified if anybody had seen my thoughts or how I was feeling, they would, they, I would be a hypocrite, right? Does anybody want to feel resentment or guilt? Anybody want to feel all of them at the same time? Resentment, guilt, shame, and heartbreak all together? That's what I was going through, right? Now, let's say I didn't want to feel those emotions. I could turn off my 5% conscious mind to it. Where do they go? Nowhere. They marinate in that 95% of my brain that is the subconscious. Anybody who listens to this and anywhere remotely believes in the law of attraction or the idea of what you focus on, you bring into your reality. Well, if 5% of my brain is not focused onto it, but 95% of my brain is marinating in that filth, what do you think is going to happen? I'm going to bring a lot of fearful, negative crap into my world. So the first thing that we should all do is whenever we go through something, we have to learn how to move through our negativity, our fears, our emotions. Most people who believe in the law of attraction say, oh, but yeah, but I don't want to focus on my fears because then I'll bring more of it into your reality. Well, yeah, if you don't give it the time that's necessary, it's going to marinate in your subconscious and you wonder why you're bringing a shitty life into your world, right? So this is the exercise. I call it fear journaling. I had never heard of this exercise before I started doing it. And then as soon as I started doing it, I found a handful of other entrepreneurs who did it because they're like, holy shit, I thought it was weird for doing that. So one of my really good friends, his name is Sharon Shravatsa. He sold his business for $3.4 billion. It's Telus Real Estate, if you've ever heard of it. So he sold it for $3.4 billion. And he swears that this is the reason that he was able to scale it from $500 million to $3.4 billion. And it's all he would do every morning, he would wake up and he would journal the most negative things that he possibly could because he just wanted to get it out of his head and onto a piece of paper so that it had no hold over him anymore. And that's literally all it is. Every single morning when I broke, when I woke up after AJ took his life, I spent, for me, it was a lot more than five or 10 minutes because I was going through a lot. I spent about 30 minutes journaling, 
negative stuff, not positive. This is not gratitude. This is not appreciation. This is negative crap, as negative as I can possibly go. Like if people found those journals, I'd probably be arrested because it's some <laughs> fucked up shit in there, right? Like I'm trying to actively get the stuff out of my brain by moving through it, by feeling through it, by journaling it out. If journaling doesn't work for you, you can grab a phone and speak into the phone to just get it off of your chest. I did this for six months, but every morning I do it for 30 minutes and I would bawl my eyes out. But by the time I was done, I'd feel a, a sense of weight off my shoulders and I could actually go get to work even though I was grieving my best friend. Right. So, you know, this this technique is incredibly powerful if you've just been through something or if you've got a lot of stuff built up that you haven't properly processed yet. Right. Which most of us do. Most of us, the reason that we are not moving forward on the lives that we really want is because we have a lot of unprocessed crap that's holding us back from taking the actions that we need to. So this might be like to this day, this is probably the most powerful exercise that we give to every single one of our clients. And I can tell which one of them are using it the most because they're succeeding the fastest. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just processing the negative crap. That's all that it is. So that's the first thing that everybody can start doing today is literally wake up every morning, try it. Wake up every morning, give it 30 days, right? 30 days, five to 10 minutes a day. Just journal out the most negative shit that you can. Don't try and journal out negative and then turn it into something positive. Don't try and find the gratitude in it. Just get as much negative crap out as you can. Cry if you need to, yell if you need to, whatever it might be, right? You will find that after 30 days, you have a different level of inspiration and motivation than you ever had before because you don't have this big pile of shit holding you back anymore. So that's the first exercise that I think absolutely everybody should do. The next exercise, it's actually a series of questions that we ask people. We call it the belief breaker eight. Do we have time for this? You cool, if I, you yes. cool if I just keep going? Yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> and for that one, you're going to have to get the book. No, I'm just <laughs> um, So the second one is something we call the belief breaker eight. And it's essentially a series of intellectual questions that force you into subconscious thinking and marinating. Basically, it's, it's a way for your intellect, your conscious, to dig into your subconscious, that 95%. Right. So it's eight questions that we ask. And the goal of this is to find your negative beliefs and replace them with positive beliefs. And then once we have the positive beliefs, we use what's referred to as affirmations and visualizations. Obviously, you're familiar with that. Um, for anybody who's not familiar with affirmations and visualizations, it's you know, visualizing the end result you want or writing down affirmations, things like, you know, I am uh, one of my favorite affirmations. I call them my I ams. Uh, I say every single morning when I wake up, I say, I am a leader. I'm a warrior. I am strong. I have faith. I live my life from a place of life, uh, love, growth, and purposeful action. I've said that to myself every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to sleep for the last five years. And people wonder why I have a successful business. Well, I identify as a leader a warrior, someone strong who has faith and who always takes action from a place of love, growth, and purposeful action, right? Of course, I'm going to be successful, right? Like, there's a, that's a no-brainer. So affirmations are words that you say to start to uh, affirm your subconscious. The, the language you use is one of the most powerful things that you can use to program that subconscious brain. So uh, the eight questions, I'll run through them with you guys right now. First question, and if anybody wants to grab a piece of paper or a Word document, feel free. If you're in a car driving or on a uh, stationary bike or a treadmill, this probably isn't the best exercise to be doing right now. And maybe you want to come back and listen to this. But first question, what's a belief you have that's holding you back? That simple, right? Let's find the belief that is holding you back. Now, don't worry about whether or not this belief is objectively true. Just think of a belief that's holding you back. You know, a lot of my clients, when we're working with coaches, it might be 
you know, I, I can't charge $3,000 for my services or something like that, right? We help, we help coaches charge 3K, 5K, even 8K for their services, even if they're just starting out. And that might be a belief like, oh, I'm just starting. Like, how could I charge 3K, right? So don't worry about whether or not it's objectively true. Just know that it's a belief that's holding you back, right? Because I always tell my coaches, I'm like, dude, we've had 19-year-old college dropouts, stay-at-home moms, grandparents, even rabbis sell coaching programs for 5K and 8K. So like, just because you don't believe it's true does not make it objectively true, right? So first question, what's a belief you have that's holding you back? And then just write it down. Second question, how has this belief benefit you in the past? Because we create these beliefs because they benefit us somehow. Now, most of the time we create this, this belief and the benefit to us has something to do with safety or comfort or self-preservation, right? So for example, the coach who is afraid to sell their program for $3,000, well, it's maybe it's a fear of asking $3,000 and someone thinking you're salesy, or it's a fear of getting rejected. Somebody saying, no, this is by far one of the biggest fears we have as evolutionary man, social outcasting would mean death, right? Because if you're in a small tribe and you get socially outcast, well, you're going to get eaten by a saber toothed tiger. So you're screwed, right? So, so we're afraid of people saying, no, this is why rejection is so difficult for humans to handle because it's closely tied to shame and socially outcasting. So That'll prevent someone from asking what they're really worth, right? So how has this belief benefit you in the past? What's well, kept me safe? It's kept me comfortable. It's kept me from uh, facing rejection, hearing no, which hurts, right? Question number three, what is this belief costing you right now? So now that we know how this belief has benefited us in the past, let's talk about how it's really costing someone. Well, back to the coaching example, it might be, you know, this belief is costing me my business. Like I won't be able to build my business and do what I love. This belief is cost. It's preventing me from changing the lives of all the people that need me. It's, it's, it's costing me, you know, affecting millions of people and changing the world. Right. So this belief is holding me back from all of those things. So that's what it's costing you. So once you're clear on like what the belief benefit you before and what it's costing you now, this fourth question should be pretty easy to answer. Do you want to keep this belief? And the answer should be no. If it's yes, then jump out of the exercise. But by now, you should be clear that this belief is not something that you want to keep, right? And here's where we're making the conscious decision to take control of our beliefs, of our subconscious brain, and changing the program, right? So I want you to imagine a knife being grind around in a wooden table or something. Most of our beliefs are just thoughts that are so habitual, they just keep going deeper and deeper, like that knife going around and around and around thousands of times until the, group is, the groove is so deep that it just keeps going, right? You've just taken the knife out of the groove. So this is the first part of reprogramming your beliefs. You've actively made the choice, I no longer want to have this bullshit belief, right? Now, question number five, we ask, can you think of a time that this, was, this belief was not true, either for you or for others, Right? So for our coaches, it's like, yeah, I see all these, you know, hundreds of other coaches doing it, even a lot of them in my exact same position, you know, just starting out, like I see it happening. So yeah, like it can happen. So now we want to start to build this belief that objective truth can actually be different than our current belief, right? And the thing that I always remind people here is like, there is somebody out there with all the same excuses you have right now that is getting the result. There is somebody out there right now with all your same excuses that is getting the result. That's the truth. So that's question five. Question six, what do you actually want to be experiencing? What do you really want to be experiencing? And our coaches might say, you know, I want to be, I want to be enrolling clients at prices like 3K or 5K consistently, confidently, 
feeling natural, not feeling like a sleazy sales pitch, just a connection with a good friend, right? That's what they want to be feeling. Which brings us to question seven. What is a belief that would support the new reality that you want? And here's where we actually start to cultivate that new belief. What is a belief that would support that new reality that you want? So it might be, you know, I can enroll clients at 3K and 5K uh, for my services. My services are worth 50 grand. So, you know, when people you know pay 5K, they're over the moon how cheap it is for how much value they're getting. Um, you know, when people work with me, their whole life is going to be changed. By the end, they're going to say, I undercharged them. So these are the beliefs that you need to believe. And then from that, we create three bullet point affirmations and you either put them on a Word doc, you put them on a note card, and you read them over and over and over again. Um, so, you know, the first time I ever did this, you know, I came up with, you know, maybe five different beliefs that were, you know, plaguing me. And I came up with 10 bullet points that I read every single day for 90 days, right? Now, the affirmations will start to shift you after about 14 days. They'll make, you'll start to see the benefits after about 30 days. 90 days, it'll start to become part of your reality. A year, you can't even remember who you were before, right? So this, just like you mentioned, you have to put in the reps. This is like, you know, you can't go to the gym for two weeks and expect longstanding results. You got to go to the gym consistently week after week, day after day, month after month, year after year, if you really want to get good at it, right? So, you know, if you want to like, Jeremy, how long did it take you to build those biceps? They're, I like, they are very distracting as we're doing this interview, by the way. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's a lifetime, brother. It's a, it's lifetime. a lifetime. Like it's, it's a lifetime and it's a lifestyle. Yeah, it's a lifetime and it's a lifestyle. Well, why are we not doing the same thing for our brain? Right? If you stopped, let me ask you this: if you stopped working out and started eating like trash, how quickly before you start to lose that physique? Fast, bro. Fast. Right? And why do we expect why do we expect that our brain, which is a muscle, right? right? Scientifically proven, our brain, our brain grows when we use it the right way, and it will shrink when you don't use it the right way. So our brain is a muscle, right? So why do we not do the same with our brain? We do not train our brain the same way that we train our buys and our delts and our glutes, like all of that shit. We have to, if we want to be successful doing this. It's, it's exactly, you know, it's exactly with what is on the screen. Those people that are watching right now, it's because I'm not even going to go to say it's the shit you don't learn in college. It's the shit you don't learn in school period. Yeah. Because school is not about learning. School is about getting a good grade. Yeah. School is, it, it, and it's about giving them the, and whoever that teacher is or whoever, whatever that class is, it's about you answering the way that they want you to answer. You know, one of my, one of my favorite things, one of my favorite things that one of my first mentors ever told me, he said, Xander, if you want to be successful and, and he was a multimillionaire, he said, Xander, if you want to be successful, find the person that is doing what you want to do in whatever area it might be. Right. So, so if it's in business, find the person that's doing that thing in business. If it's in your relationships, find the person that has the relationship, like, lifestyle that you want, or it could be both, right? Like I have a lot of friends that are mentors to me because they have multiple seven figure businesses and like the best relationships with their wives and kids. And like, so like they're kind of idols to me in both, but he said, find that person and learn directly from them because they won't teach you theory. They'll teach you facts. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, th- I remember thinking about that and I was like, how many people go to school to become a professor? Not that many. Well, then why are we going to school and learning from professors? Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? Right? Like we're learning from people that are book smart, not necessarily real world smart that have experienced it, that have gone through it. Right? The basics of the basics of like finding a mentor or learning from someone is find someone who's done the damn thing. It's crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, it goes back There's you know, there's a great poem called the man in the arena. 
And it's the same thing, right? It's, it's give me that one. Give, give me that guy. I don't yeah. care about anything else. And, and, you know, again, I'm not even asking for the past. I mean, give me the man that's sweat. Give me the man that's bled. That, that's bled. Man. That's rolled around in the dirt. Yeah. yeah. Give me the man whose hands are dirty, man. That's, that's where I want to go. I mean, again, I hope, you know, those that are listening, rewind, listen to that part over, man. It's, it's beyond gold. And, and I know that most on this right now that are listening, the fear journaling is very, very interesting because we're actually taught a lot of times the opposite, right? And, and not that gratitude and being grateful is it is. I do. I do that too. I yeah. do a lot of gratitude work. Right. I do a lot of, you know, I, I do all sorts of that stuff. But for a lot of people, they'll find like, th- if you're listening to this right now, have you ever tried to do gratitude work? And then there's a part of you in the back of your mind that's like, like, oh, you're fucking lying. Like, you're not great. You're not grateful. You're not grateful for that. Like, like you're pissed off right now. You're unhappy about this. Like, why are you pretending to be grateful? Like, don't lie to me. Yeah. Right. That's because you didn't get the other crap out first. That's right. It, it's, it's very true. It goes back to what we, we have a course called an identity creator. It's in its I am statements. I mean, it's literally once you get inside, it's I am statements. The same thing you just talked about. And yep. part of I am statements, and, and I love what you said, is but the same thing goes with what you just said there. You cannot fool yourself with those statements. You can't be standing there going, I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. And you got fucking eight bucks in your in your bank account. Like yeah. that's bullshit. You're just bullshitting yourself. Not You have to change that statement to with a commitment behind it. I am worthy and capable of being a millionaire. And I am. And I'm willing to prove it by my actions. Like yeah. that is a fucking I am statement. Yeah. Don't just stand there and stare in the mirror and, and try to fool yourself. That that statement's gonna push you towards growth and action. Correct. And that's what we need. Exactly. And and that's it. That's what I I mean. Again, speaking with you and and being around you, and, and I hope people it's so cool to hear is look, I gotta work on it every day. Like this, oh, yeah. isn't, this isn't like, oh, I got there. Woohoo, I rang the bell. Yeah. Now, you know, no, man, it's it's every day every day man and and again the greats and the people that you spend time with and the people that you coach and the people that that you you know interviewed alongside the book and the things that that pressed along is is for that reason man is because they are the same way there's again that there is no secret ladies and gentlemen the secret is you got to be willing you got to be willing to learn and you got to be willing to step into your greatness every damn day and there's going to be roadblocks and you're going to get hurt and there's going to be other traumatic experiences there's yep. going to be other things i want to show because you said this and, and it goes back to where where people take responsibility and there's very someone very close to me and they passed away of cancer and prior to her death because it, she, she was world-class a hall of famer in her sport in her life truly and you know when when the diagnosis came down and people were like oh like the outside, they said, but you're so healthy and you're so, you're such a great athlete. Like why? Oh my, you know, people go, if it can happen to you, oh oh my gosh. And she's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, oh, you don't deserve it. And she's like, wait, I drank a shit ton when I was younger. I fucking eat fast food. I like, I'm not perfect. You, You know, like, okay, yeah, I've done some cool shit. But what I'm saying to you, and it's the same thing you and I are talking about, is that type of responsibility where she was like, yeah, I didn't wish it on myself. Yeah, I didn't. But I also didn't stop it from happening. Yeah. I put that fucking food in my mouth. 
I drove through there knowing that it was not good, but I was hungry and it was easier. Yeah. Right. And I did it for years, not one time. Yeah. Right. I sucked down those cocktails many, many a night till 2 a.m. closing the bar down. All that shit adds up and matters. Yep. We don't take responsibility and we get sick or something happens and we go, oh God. And people on the outside are like, oh, they're so healthy. No, we're not. No, yeah. we're not. Stop fucking fooling yourself. And I hope, and, and again, I don't want, I mean, I've had several, my, my family, so, it, you know, die of cancer and things. And it's horrible. It's a horrible death. It's horrible to watch. And, but let's be clear. Even on her sickest day, she was taking responsibility for everything that she consumed, both mentally and physically. And that's something that you brought up very important today. And I hope people get that out of this conversation is that take responsibility for what you're consuming. And, and, oh, there's some really cool studies on, on obesity and the size of your brain and what happens. Yeah. Center. I, I mean, I'll share this with you because we haven't gone deep and talked to <clears> so <throat> our number I, we have principles. Our number one principle is hydrate. And the reason is, is because your brain is over 80% water and it is the control center. And by yeah. you sucking down coffee first is only dehydrating and lessening the impact. And leads leads to worse leads to worse decisions down the line. 100%, yeah. hundred percent because yeah, because we <clears> get <throat> decision fatigue because of that. And 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 we're living it. So I'm glad that you shared that, man. And I mean it's just you know, I'm, I'm so honored to, to share this time with you, bro. And I want people to pay attention here. And I said this at the open, man, go follow him because the stuff that you're putting out is incredible. Get on, get the book. I mean, he just gave you the, the Believe Breaker 8, man. And that's, that's one of one of many, many exercises in there. So oh, I know. I mean, yeah. again, you're getting that here. Imagine what you could do and and pour into yourself, invest into yourself, you know, do it. And again, get the book. And I'd love for you guys to comment, you know, wherever you're, wherever you're viewing this, we'd love to know, man. And and I know Xander and I know how accountable he is. Give him a review. He wants it, man. Put, like, let's talk about it. Let's fucking put this shit. Let, let's blow this thing up. One of the things you said, and I wanted to share with the people, because you said about the, your belief that you've adopted about, you know, serving others and, and that, like in the, the fairy tale, you, you said, Hey, I'm a millennial and I watch all the Disney movies, but I truly believe, right. Because it, because that belief serves. Yeah. And it was really, when you said that, man, it hit me really hard. Like I literally got the chills when you said it. And that's kind of how I measure my, these conversations is like when, when somebody can have a conversation just as, as open and honest as we're being, but actually send chills down your spine. I'm like, wow, that's, that was awesome. And and my belief, you know, our tagline is the art of becoming the best version of you. Our mission is to help and inspire people to change behavior through belief and action to be the best version of themselves. It's literally, I write it every day. Every day am I right? That's the very first thing that I write. It's the reason why I'm putting my feet on the ground and I'm getting out of this bed today is to help and inspire people to change behavior, which we talked a lot about through belief and action. Yep. Because if you don't have the belief, right? And I want to share this because I, I, I know we're running a little bit, so I, I want to be honored. I want to honor your time, but I really want your take on this because this is something that I I've talked about for years, and I and I don't get a lot of people that that talk a lot about belief, which you and I do. So I always tell people, belief is a two sided coin, and I'll say it this way. And when we sit with people, especially when we're helping them, is that the first belief, like if I sat with you and you said, "Man, yeah, we help coaches, Jeremy. We're going to help your program. We're going to blow this thing out of the water. Here's here's the plan, right?" 
Here's what we do. Here's how we market. Here's how we answer the bell. Here's here's the first enrollment call. Here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to charge. Do you believe in this plan? Uh, we Yes. Do you have a track record? Yeah. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. And then I take with people and the same thing. And I flip the coin over. I said, okay, well, let, hold on a second because belief has two sides. I know you believe in the plan. 100%? Yeah, 100%, bro. Let's go. The second belief is, do you believe that you're worthy, capable, and deserving of having that kind of coaching program or have whatever that goal is in life. Yeah. And you see, most people don't go down that road. Most programs, most what people are talking about, all this internet nonsense is that nobody actually digs in. You doing that first. That's yeah. what I love the most is because have to. they all have a fucking plan. You can get, you can get the next plan for $39 on probably on this feed right here that you're watching. This is probably, yeah. already, probably already popped up three times. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you probably can the, the plan. And, and here's the other thing. It probably will work. Yeah. The problem is not the plan. The problem is you. Yes. That's the belief factor that yep. you gotta, we gotta work on that first and then action changes it. But I wanted to share, cause you said that, that my true belief, honestly, the, the, the belief that serves me the most every day is I truly believe that every human walking this earth can be the best version of themselves. Absolutely. Reprogram it and get rid of everybody else's beliefs, get rid of all that unneeded bullshit inside of you and truly become the best version of you. 100%. Man, and you are, God, you're, you're, you're just- that's, that's literally the reason we wrote the book, right? Yeah. Because I deeply believe, just like you mentioned, I deeply, the, the whole premise of the book shit you don't learn in college, build a life with more money, more meaning, and more freedom, right? I truly believe, just like you mentioned, when coupled with a strong desire for action, the right knowledge can get you anywhere. The problem is most of us are just never given the right knowledge. We're not given the shit you don't learn in college. We're not given how to reprogram our brain. We're not given, you know, how to, how to get clarity on what's, what really matters in our life, the skills and the, uh, the, the executables to actually be successful in life that school doesn't teach you things like sales, things like leadership, things like productivity, things like, you know, overcoming stress and anxiety, communication skills. Most of us are just never given this stuff, mm -hmm. right? We wonder why there's so many socioeconomic gaps in the world right now. And it's the control of information, right? Like I am privy to a lot of amazing, amazing information that a lot of people are not privy to because I have a bunch of money and I'm able to put myself around those types of people to learn from their knowledge, right? I've spent, I've spent over a half of a million dollars on my own mentorship and coaching and masterminds over the last five years, half a million, significantly more than I spent in college. But that half a million has made me you know, something like eight to $10 million. Right. And it's, and it's just going to keep growing and keep going. But the, the reason that we wrote the book was because we can now give that same knowledge to everybody, not for a half million bucks and for, you know, five year degree somewhere, but we can give the most important stuff. If you're willing to take action on it, we can give you the details on what to take action on for, you know, whatever. I don't even remember what the book costs, 25 bucks or something like that. Well, and here's the other side of that is even all that investment that you made in yourself and all the and all the places that you put yourself and you're taking or you're taking away those nuggets, you cannot unlearn that stuff. That's all stuff that's going to be beneficial to you. I tell I tell people all the time, if my business were to blow up tomorrow, I always ask my clients, if I if my business were to blow up tomorrow, how long do you think it would take me to build another seven figure business? And the answer is normally pretty spot on, somewhere between 30 to 60 days. 
I can't unlearn what I've learned. I can't undo these beautiful beliefs that I've spent the last five years creating, right? Because it's now habitual for me to go through that process. So I could blow up everything. And within a couple of months, I, I would have rebuilt the whole thing. Uh, no, no doubt in my mind, man. No doubt in my mind. All right. At the end, we have a little spot. Everyone, I call it quick hitters. <laughs> You've already hit on them. And one of the quick hitters is even in your the title of your coaching. So <laughs> I want to know how it fits, man. Impact. What impact do you want to leave, man? Yeah, I think my... I tell people, I want to help 1% of this world's population live more from a place of purpose and love and less from fear. If I, if I can help 1% of this population make decisions and take action more from a place of love and less from fear, I truly believe that we could actually solve a high majority of the world's problems. If just 1% of the world did that. Agreed. And the last one is discipline. Where does, how does that word hit you and, and how does that factor in? Uh, a little bit of a, a little bit of an oxymoron for me, but, or irony or whatever it is. I was, I was never an English major, uh, clearly an engineer over here. Discipline equals freedom. So I think this is really interesting for a lot of people. A lot of people run away from discipline. A lot of people are afraid of discipline. They think that discipline's really hard. Like discipline and habits kind of cohabitate the world with me. And people think building new habits is really hard. And I always tell people like building habits is hard for a really short amount of time. Mm. Then it's actually really easy. Like, could I get you to stop going to the gym? How hard would it be to get me to like get you to stop going to the gym? That would be hard, right? Because you've built the habit, you've built the discipline. So now discipline for you is actually not that difficult. So I, I always tell people discipline, discipline helps create freedom. And it's actually not that difficult. If you think about it, it's difficult for a short amount of time. But you know, so I, I wake up at four in the morning, every morning I have been for the last four years. It's not hard for me. Like it's, it's just, I don't know what else to say. When it first started, it sucked. It was terrible. I hated it. I hated every moment of it, but now like, it's hard for me to stop. So that's my thought. No, it's beautiful, man. It's, it's well said. And I couldn't agree more, man, that, that the discipline is almost, you know, for most people that are in the masses, so to speak, it's almost like a harsh word. And every other human that I know that's a, that's a top producer, doesn't matter what the field is, doesn't matter what they do, it's a non-issue. It's literally a non-issue. They're just like, nah, man, it's, I, I just do that. This, I just yeah. do it. I, that's it. That, that, when people ask me about the gym, I'm like, what do you mean? I don't, I don't, I don't understand. Like, yeah. I have, you know, Kobe Bryant said it, right? He's like, I have nothing in common with lazy people who blame everybody else for their problems. I have zero in common with them. You know, yeah. and, you know, it's, it's the same thing with discipline. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. Like I eat a certain way. I train a certain way. I read every day. Is that discipline? I, I don't know, but I know this it's it, again, you said it earlier. It's, it's consumption. I am monitoring and I am on top of all aspects of consumption. Yeah. Meaning what goes in my mind, what I watch, what I listen to, and sure as hell, what I eat. 100%. It's that simple, you know? And so, Xander, dude, I, I can't thank you enough, man. I'm I'm honored that you came on the show, man. And the conversation is, yeah, man. is pure gold, man. I personally am going to go back and listen. I wrote down the eight. I promise you this. Mark my word, and, and we'll be in touch. I am going to fear journal. So I'm throwing that there out. There we go, me. man. There we go. Yeah, because listen, something I learned today, right? Like, why not? What I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm I know that I'm not good enough yet. 
Exactly. <laughs> All right, brother. Appreciate you. We're, you know, the audience is better for it, man. So, so thank you for your time, man. Thank you. Yeah, and for for anybody who wants to pre-order the book, um, just so you guys are aware, it's it'll be available on Amazon October 19th. If you want to get it before then, we are offering it at our website, sidlickbook.com. So S-Y-D-L-I-C uh, book.com, S-Y-D-L-I-C standing for shit you don't learn in college in case anybody was wondering. Um, but we're, we're also giving away, we're giving away about $3,000 worth of our programs for everybody who pre-buys the book during the pre-sale as well. So uh, go check it out. Plenty more in there for you guys. It'll all be in the show notes. Get after it. Uh, it'll be on all of our social media channels. So, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, do not miss this one. You guys ask me all the time, what am I reading and who am I talking to? It's guys like Xander. So uh, I appreciate you, buddy. And uh, I'm looking for that that bestseller. I'm looking for that thing to hit the bestseller list. Oh it'll, oh, it'll happen, man. I know it will. Yes. And to the rest of you, get your ass out there and be the best version of you. Subscribe to Optimal Self wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more information on how to be the best version of you, visit OptimalSelf.today and follow at OptimalSelf1 on Facebook, at Optimal underscore Self on Instagram, and subscribe to Optimal Self on YouTube. Thank you for listening.